Welcome to the video class offered by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, and we are in 1 Timothy chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 9 through 16. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 9 through 16. Let a widow be enrolled if she is not less than 60 years of age, having been the wife of one husband and having a reputation for good works, if she has brought up children, has shown hospitality, has washed the feet of the saints, has cared for the afflicted, and has devoted herself to every good work, but refuse to enroll younger widows for when their passions draw them away from Christ, they desire to marry, and so incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. Besides that, they learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossipers and busybodies, saying what they should not. So I would have younger widows marry, bear children, manage their households, and give the adversary no occasion for slander, for some have already strayed after Satan. If any believing woman has relatives who are widows, let her care for them. Let the church not be burdened so that it may care for those who are truly widows. That's 1 Timothy 5, 9 through 16. In our previous class, we discovered widows in the time of Paul and Timothy were often an oppressed or neglected class of women. This might have impact in the church, widows in local churches. And we read from this passage that relatives have first responsibility. If there are Christian widows in my family, I cannot turn to the church and demand that they take care of that. I must do all I can, my kids and others in my family, to bear first responsibility. That's the clear teaching of Paul about the care of widows. Verse 4, if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own. Then in verse 8, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, he is worse than an unbeliever. So this is not going through steps of human interpretation and putting Berkeley's spin on this or anything. You can see this written on the page in scripture in front of you. <clears throat> when godly widows need help, the first responsibility is to be taken by the children and grandchildren, that is to say the family. Now, beginning at verse 9, where our reading started this time, what if a widow who is godly has legitimate needs and there are no living relatives able are willing to help. 
Paul uses the term enrolled, that is supported by the church on an ongoing basis. But Paul sets forth very specific qualifications to be observed before enrolling the widow for continued ongoing care. Widows who are qualified and there's no family to help. We're going to look through these now. Not less than 60 years of age, Paul said a minimum age of 60, having been the wife of one husband, as we observed earlier regarding elders, one must be in compliance with God's law of marriage. A reputation for good works, that is, before becoming enrolled, she must have had a history of good works, a good reputation. If she has brought up children or raised children, I don't see this as excluding barren women, women who could not have children. This is about the ability to care for children. And in that culture, the care of children fell primarily on women. Even women who did not bear the children they were called upon to care for. Has shown hospitality. This is a component of good discipleship for all of us. Has washed the feet of the saints. In that time, this was an expression of warmth and hospitality and service. Has cared for the afflicted. Another component of Christian character devoted herself to every good work, every child of God, that should be said of them. So let's stop there before we continue with verse 11. I want to pause in this and stress something that could become a point of confusion. This is about a very specific function of collective benevolence by the local church or an enrollment on an ongoing basis. <clears throat> there is no indication here that as individuals, we abandon everybody else like widows who are destitute, but not qualified for church support. As individual Christians, there are many ways, many opportunities, many resources we can apply to provide relief for all kinds of people with legitimate need, but who are not qualified for ongoing church support. Nothing here limits personal responsibility toward needy people. Widows or widowers or married people who have become destitute in the local church may need our help, may not fit the qualifications given in regard to the females who are left alone, the widows, but anybody who needs help, individuals, can and should respond to the best of their ability. So nothing in the passage has any implication that we leave anybody, any Christian, with legitimate need without help. This is very specific, having to do with regular, ongoing support from the church to a certain category of widows. So 
if a widower, a man who is a faithful Christian becomes destitute, no family, needs to eat, we are certainly going to respond to him, but not in exactly the same way as described in 1 Timothy chapter 5. Maybe this will help. In the case over in Acts 11, you have people who are Christians suffering the effect of a great famine, not just widows, Christians who needed food. The disciples responded, everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brethren in that temporary need that they were in. Any brethren who needed to eat, male, female, married, unmarried, widows or widowers, they were in that group, the brethren helped, according to Acts 11. In 1 Timothy 5, under consideration here, is one situation. Widows who are good women, family assistance is not present. In that situation, Paul gave these qualifications for ongoing support. I hope I've given some clarity to the text. Now, there are certain women, certain widows, Paul forbids support to in verses 11 through 15. Let's listen to that again. First um, Timothy 5, 11 through 15. He does not want the church to support these. Refuse to enroll younger widows for when their passions draw them away from Christ, they desire to marry, and so incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. Besides that, they learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies, saying what they should not. So I would have younger widows marry, bear children, manage their households, and give the adversary no occasion for slander, for some have already strayed after Satan. Not all young widows are guilty of this. But Paul says some <laughs> live in such a way they should not be supported. It would enable an ungodly lifestyle. Not all young women, but some have passions that draw them away from Christ, so they may desire to marry quickly and incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. The essence of this is we cannot enable, support, or fund a lifestyle that is ungodly. We cannot enable, support, or fund a lifestyle that is ungodly. There is a danger, a temptation on the part of both widows and widowers to remarry too quickly, perhaps the wrong person, and then abandon their former faith. We cannot fund that lifestyle. This doesn't argue that it always happens, but since it happens sometimes, we must apply discernment and follow the guidelines in 1 Timothy chapter 5. In verses 13 through 15, Paul brings up other dangers, and the main point is continued. 
that we must not support people engaged in these ungodly behaviors. Idlers have time on their hands and use it to no good purpose. Gossips like to talk about people in negative ways without ever speaking to those people. They love sensational tales that may or may not be true, wanting to be the first to share those stories. Busybodies saying what they should not. Rather than this happening to young widows, Paul says, let them marry, bear children, manage their households, and give the adversary no occasion for slander, for some have already strayed after Satan. It is likely in that economy and culture, becoming a widow brought into your life certain temptations. Paul says, it would be better, instead of submitting to those common temptations, to be involved as a godly woman should. Verse 16 makes it very clear, something we talked about earlier. There are certain things that are good and need to be done, but not by the church. If any believing woman has widows, has relatives who are widows, let her care for them. Let the church not be burdened so that it may care for those who are truly widows. Let me read that again. I think I had a misread uh, the first time through. If any believing woman has relatives who are widows, let her care for them. Let the church not be burdened so that it may care for those who are truly widows. There is, and this is very common, a view of the work of, a, of the local church that sounds something like this. If it is good, the church is authorized to do it. This verse teaches to the contrary. You cannot argue that anything that is good, the church can put into its work and its budget. This verse teaches that. Here is a good work, a family helping their widows, which Paul says should not be done by the local church. If there's family to help these widows, the families should take care of those widows, not the local church. Here's a good thing, but not for the local church to do. This gets back to what we read earlier that families bear first responsibility. So here is a case where there is a good work, but it should not be done by the local church. To determine what must be done by a local church, simply read the New Testament for instructions given to local churches and then be limited to that. That's what we believe. See, these passages in the New Testament directed to individuals, to husbands, wives, families. There are other passages directed to the group. What is to be done in the collective arrangement? If we don't make that distinction, we're liable to put on the church many things God has said individuals ought to do, families ought to do. So that's 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 1 through 
16. Takeaways. I want to say it is unlikely or rare that this would need to happen today. Let me explain. First, family responsibility. Most of the Christians we know have families who would step in. Secondly, there are all kinds of economic and government systems in place that were unknown in the first century. Social Security, Medicaid, life insurance, savings, retirement pensions. Our situation today for widows is very different from the time of Paul and Timothy. When I was a little boy, the church we belonged to had an enrolled widow for a few years. The church paid on a regular basis for the care of this widow, Sister Manor, who had a handicapped daughter, very good people. All these qualifications we've read were met. The church provided a monthly check for Sister Manor. My father delivered that check. She always took it reluctantly, and eventually she took in ironing and sewing and supported herself until her death. As a little boy, I remember thinking it was odd that Sister Manor sometimes cried when she took that money. I later understood better her character. When she became able to do so, she worked, even though I believe she was in her 70s. In other countries today where there are churches, a form of this benevolence is sometimes applied, usually short-term. Whatever is or is not so in our society, the principle will always remain permanent. Honor widows who are truly widows. Secondly, <clears throat> to the main point of this passage, throat trouble today, Here is another case where apostasy is warned against, abandoning their former faith, straying after Satan. Sometimes it happens people who are faithful or who seem to be faithful in some situations, in other situations become unfaithful. Here, young women suddenly unattached, there are temptations that accompany that to be guarded against. Then I wanted to use this study to say local churches cannot just write checks and throw money out at anything and everything and everybody. There are guidelines in Scripture to be applied. There is some temptation in our time to think that every problem has a financial solution from the church treasury. That kind of thinking needs careful re-examination. Our view of the work of the church and how we use collected contributions needs to be based on the teaching of Scripture and limited to the guidelines given here. Aside from the financial issues, let's determine we will personally encourage care for, and help widows in their spiritual discipline to be the kind of elderly women described in verse 10. Thank you for listening.